Hello and welcome back to another episode of Love London, Love Culture. Um, I'm hoping that everyone in the UK at least is enjoying all the beautiful weather that we've been having recently. Um, unfortunately, I can't speak for what the weather is like in other places so for those who are tuning in from elsewhere. Um, but I hope you've all had a wonderful and fabulous week um, so far. Um, so today I... I've just finished reading a book um, called Ariadne um, by Jennifer Saint and anyone who knows me I've got a little bit of a fascination with um, Greek mythology which is something that I've had since I was little I don't even know where it came from Um, I think it may have begun if I'm going to speculate um from when i read a horrible histories book and it told stories greek mythology stories i mean obviously in a completely exaggerated and funny way um but somehow it got me interested in the drama and theatricality of these myths and how actually somehow they still seem pertinent um in terms of uh, morals and messages that they're trying to, that we can take away from them, even even today. Um, so Ariane, um, my Jennifer Saint, as I was just talking about, is a story about the princess Crete who helped um, Theseus destroy the Minotaur. But what was interesting about this book is although we understand from the myth I mean there are many different ways of interpreting the myth of what happened to her Ariadne after um, she ran away with Theseus um, and he essentially abandoned her that is one of the many interpretations of what happened but it seems to be a central point in that story and but then it's left there nothing else happens and what Saint does with this beautifully written book that admittedly for me took a little bit of time to sink into, um, despite the the gorgeous imagery that she evokes in these in this story. Um it was just a bit difficult to get sort of wrap my head around the language. It, it the language seems to be a brilliant mix of con- contemporary, but we're still trying to retain that classical ancient Greek feel about it that I'll admit I struggle to get my head around um, slightly. But once I sunk into it and I got absorbed into the characters, um, it was a f- fabulous, fabulous read. And it told the story not of only Harry Agni, but of Federa as well, who just, you know, after everything, she had a tragic ending as well. If you're familiar with these stories, if um, you will know how both stories ended, and it's both quite tragic. Um, but I find it interesting to think that it's actually women who are reimagining, women writers, I should say, women authors, who are reimagining these stories and saying, well, actually, these women were treated pretty shoddily in these the original tellings. And I completely get it. The more 
of these stories that I read, I get it. Um, that if there is room for interpretation and what if this had happened instead. There's no getting around the fact that all these stories are tragic, um, but it seems to me that the, and to many female authors, that the women of these stories ends up with the bad end of the stick, so to speak, um, that usually ends in death or some other tragedy. And it, it, it just doesn't seem right. And by casting a sort of contemporary light on them, you sort of go back and think, actually, yeah, okay, I can see what's going on here. It doesn't seem right that they were treated so appallingly. Um, yeah, so going, going back to um, Jennifer Saint's book, um, it really was... Um, it was absorbing and... Up, not uplifting, but insightful read, um, particularly when it refers to the different attitudes that both women, both sisters had in terms of um, attitudes towards motherhood. One was absolutely fine, she adored her children and they were literally the light of her life. But in contrast, the other one was a bit more strange and unhappy and in some respects perhaps it was because she found out things about her husband and that just took the shine of being becoming a mother um which is terribly sad but also it does make you think oh um these baby blues so i am quotation marking that um is something that still needs to be talked about a lot more as well. And it, the book does highlight the struggles of becoming a new mother. Um, it's not all joy or happiness at all. For some, it is a terribly difficult, different, difficult transition to make. And this book really, really perfectly highlights that. Um, and it's also safe to say the men, the male characters in the book, do not come up, come off well in this. So for any men listening in to this one today, um, I think it's still worth a read because it's it may make you change attitudes. I'm not saying that all men are terrible and awful, but what this book does is show that, you know, a lot of the time in these stories in the Greek mythology, even fairy tales over here, you get a sense that, women are very much used um, for their, for their, in their games, their, for power. And this is, this book in particular really transforms this and says, well, actually, no, that's not how it should be. These women actually stood up for themselves, had independence, and they should be celebrated for that. Um, but this is obviously is not the first um, retelling of Greek mythology that has drawn me in. Um, so what really drew me in, I did try and read a comprehensive re um, mythology book and it just didn't do it for me, unfortunately. As a teenager, I found it really heavy, heavy going 
and too analytical and I just couldn't get into it basically and then I came across um Madeline Miller's The Song of Achilles um which was just brilliant it was wonderfully poetic and thoughtful book and it's beautiful and it, the way in which she focused on the on this particular relationship Achilles had with his, his best friend um, was fabulous and again it was done with a contemporary insight it was written with great sensitivity and it drew me in because the language, the sympathy that was drawn towards these two characters. Hercules is basically an impassioned young man who had the choice of immortality. Um, but he didn't choose that. He, he didn't choose the easy option. His... His mindset was just like, no, I need to avenge my best friend's, my lover's death, essentially. And it, it was a really heartbreaking read. But it was, it was a, that book in particular sort of got me re back into Greek mythology and, and thinking about these, these things. Um, and then obviously a couple of years ago, um, the British Museum had an exhibition about uh, Troy and whether it was a real place and everything else, which was really absorbing to, to visit. Um, my review is up on the website um, of londonloveculture.com um, if anyone is interested in that. Um, but again, it just put, put a different spin on that. But um, the song of Hercules was as I've said, it was a wonderfully poetic retelling of the story and it just it, it just absorbed all my attention from start to finish. Um, as did um, her follow-up, Madeline Miller's um, follow-up, uh, Cersei, um, about the Enchantress who was banished to this island because she had power that she didn't understand anything about. She had to learn and develop by herself. And it's a real story of independence. Um, that was inspiring because I, I, I just didn't know anything about this character, if I'm being completely honest. And it was wonderful to hear her story from her, her perspective. Um, yeah, it was, it was one of those, again, just like our debut novel, Madeline Miller just evokes the scenes and the feelings of this character in such a beautiful way. And while in contrast to Aragne, um, my Jennifer saying, you know, the men do not come off well, it's it feels a bit more balanced. It's there's not that sense of anger or or anything like that. It it is what it is, and you know, the, I I really love Madeline Miller's work, and I can't wait to see what she does next. Um, I can't wait to see what uh, Jeff Lassay 
Saint um, focus on on our next uh, book because I think she's got a real vivid imagination to bring these stories to life. Um, so they're, they're brilliant authors who I think will hopefully continue um, to focus on these Greek myths um, and reimagine them for a contemporary idea. Um, and that going on in the same vein as well, um, Natalie Haynes, uh, during lockdown, I managed to read up on A Thousand Ships, which retells the story of the Trojan War from the perspective of women. And it, again, it's funny, isn't it? You know, you hear these epic stories of the, the battle, the War of Troy, um, always told from the male perspective. There's nothing wrong with that, but I think we're at that point now where actually we need to think about what would the women of that time have been like? How would they have been treated? Um, and their stories have been overlooked. There's no getting, getting around that. I know I'm saying that as a woman, um, but I do feel as though there is something there that needs to be explored in more detail. And it's not just, you know, if we're going to look at this on a grander scale, it's not just the Greek mythology. Perhaps there are many, many, obviously there are many, many other parts of history in which women's stories need to come out a little bit more. But that will be a topic for another another episode. Um, with A Thousand Ships, there are so many characters in there who I wasn't aware of. And interestingly, seeing how Helen of Troy, etc., it's really worth a read if you feel like you understand um, the whole context behind Troy and what happened and its downfall. Well, actually, finding it out from a woman's perspective offers a completely different light in the whole situation. This, these are characters, these women were people who were treated absolutely horrendously, taken as slaves, all sorts of, of kind of things that happened. And I think what this book does is also show their strength and charisma, independence, um, which is what most of these female authors have managed to bring. It shows well, actually these women had a spirited mind, but they were held back because of it. And it was, it's no excuse, but that was the time. That was the thinking back then. And now reimagining them for this time is actually interesting because I feel like now now going back and reading some of the original interpretations I can sort of see maybe there are glimpses of this strong strong women in there but it, it was always brushed aside because it was mainly men writing the stories um Equally, Natalie Haynes also wrote uh, a non-fiction book as well, which I really enjoyed. Um, I wasn't expecting it to be non-fiction, but then I didn't tend to read, read the blurb about it. Um, I just saw it as another thing by 
Natalie Haynes, Greek mythology, I just took it up. Anyway, so when I read um, Pandora's Jar, yes, that's correct, it is not a box, um, it is a jar in which all kinds of things were released into the world. Um, what interested me was is how the stories have been interpreted through art, um, film, etc. And it was fascinating because actually even through through arts, through the arts, women have not been betrayed in these stories or retellings of these stories particularly well, which seems like a, a terrible tragedy in itself. Um, you know, I, it, it's not fair to say that the men in these stories are, were always necessarily bad, but they've always been portrayed as the heroes. And I think it's interesting to see, you know, in many of the books that I've already mentioned that the women are re-portrayed as actually the heroes of their own stories, even if the official telling of them doesn't allow them to be. And yeah, it was a really fascinating me. So if you've not read um, Pandora's Jar yet, it will, it breaks, what's so clever about it is it breaks down these stories and offer you, offers the reader a number of different scenarios. Well, what if this had happened? What if it had come out in a different light? And yeah, it's, it was a really absorbing read. I was like, well, actually, yes, I can see why these things could be interpreted completely differently. Um, so yeah, that was a really favourite read um, during, I can't remember which lockdown then, but I think it was possibly the first lockdown that I read, um, between the first and second lockdown. And it was it was a brilliant written book. It was intelligent, of course, naturally. You can tell that Haynes really knows her stuff and it was, it was very vivid and it made me think of these stories in a completely different light, which is, is, is wonderful. Um, it makes you reevaluate these female characters. Um, and in some senses you can sort of relate to them in some way. Um, obviously because the, the, the theatricality of the stories, you can't, exactly completely fully relate to them because some of them are completely over the top which is absolutely fine um but yeah it it's interesting with these um it brings out new thoughts and impressions and not just take certain stories for granted i think that's the one thing that you can take away from this these contemporary books um which i i really love um yeah and of course stephen fry um i know i'm going off um completely different directions seeing that i've spoken so much of female authors but it wouldn't be completely fair not to mention stephen fry's um delightfully witty and enjoyable um, interpretations 
of some stories from the hero's perspectives. Um, so you have Hercules, um, etc. Um, in his hero's book, and then obviously you've got the, the stories, some of the more familiar um, Greek myths in his, his Mythos book, as well as the epic retelling, and quite frankly, some parts funny um, retelling of the Trojan War. Um, what amused me was that, although it's written with great insight and great humour, and it quite clearly, um, great research has gone into it, he actually highlights also, well, why why would this have happened? You know, it, he highlights the theatricality and the drama of the stories and the, sometimes the ludicrous elements of the stories, um, which is, is quite delightful for someone. It's a really light read and it's a great introduction if you don't think, if you find the idea of reading the Greek myths in a traditional form, in a very sombre form, too taxing, too trying. Um, this is going to be a better way of doing it for you um, because I thought I needed something a little bit lighter, a lighter approach to these stories. Um, but he also, in some elements, I feel like he writes um, with some sympathy for the female characters. Um, he shows that actually the Greek myth shows that all the characters in them have their flaws and quite frankly the human apart from the greek gods who have come across as quite petulant children and he makes fun of that um but his books surrounding greek mythology are wonderful wonderful reads um again if you haven't got around to reading them yet please do um because they offer insight as well but most, for the most part, they're quite simply entertaining. Um, they probably don't add anything new into our understanding of how they're written or anything like that. It is simply for pure fun. Um, so that's just a few few books that I've I've really enjoyed over not only lockdown um, but over the last few years and reawakening my interest and my passion into Greek mythology. There are so many out there that I still need to read um, but for the time being I'm really pleased that their Greek mythology has proved so inspirational for authors and showing them in the contemporary light to show that actually Things haven't progressed from however many thousands of years ago that we can still take something away from these stories, depending on how we see them um, when we when we read them or discover them in in different lights. Um, so yeah, so that is this week's episode. Um, I hope you enjoyed this. I know it seems a bit heavy talking about Greek mythology, but I think. Some of my favourite books are literally based on Greek mythology. If you've not read any of the ones that I've mentioned today, please, please go out and discover them. Um, even if you're not a particular fan of Greek mythology, I think there is something out there for everyone in terms of these stories, and you can take something away from them. 
Um, so I really, really hope that you have an amazing week. Um, and I will be back next week uh, to give you more thoughts, more opinions, and hopefully encourage you to, to go out there and discover something that you perhaps haven't discovered before that might take you out of your comfort zone. Um, until then, take care, be safe, and I'll speak to you next week.